Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Have you ever been the one that thought, this is what our church needs to do. This is what our small group needs to do. And you share with a group and all of a sudden you become the one that is to be the person who starts the ministry. Many times that's the way it happens. Today on Exploring Missions, we're going to hear a little bit of a testimony of that, and I'm I'm anxious to share this with you, and I know it will be a blessing to you. Nathan, a lot of times when God puts a burden on our hearts, uh, we're the ones that may be the ones to carry it out. Uh, that's kind of scary sometimes, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's like taking an idea to your boss and saying, hey, boss, I've got this idea. And then he turns around and says, that's a good idea. Why don't you do that? Um, You know, but that's how God can work sometimes. Um, And I want to come back to that question for for our guest here in just a few minutes. Well, we're we're looking at it, and I want to read some scripture on exploring missions. Uh, Everything we try to do is biblically based. Uh, The mission, our whole purpose for being because the Word of God is our authority. But I'm going to read from Psalm 127, verse 3, 4, and 5 right now. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, Nathan, I love the idea of those eras. Those of you that listen to this program regularly know that Nathan is as my is as mine and Jan's oldest son, and we feel like he's an era, and uh, he's gone out and just done some things for the Lord. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the next generation. We're talking about lives of children and babies that uh, are important to God, and they should be important to us. Nathan, with that in mind, I want to introduce our guest today, and he's been on Exploring Missions several times, and we always enjoy it, and it's Pastor Joseph Parker. Pastor Joseph, welcome. Good to be with you all once again. Nathan, that voice sounds familiar, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, Pastor Joseph, can you tell our Exploring Missions listeners about your uh, daily program? Maybe they have not yet tuned in and and they would like to uh, do so. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I have the privilege and the honor of hosting the Hour of Intercession here on the American Family Radio Network. It comes on from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m., five days a week, and uh, the program is largely about helping believers to become prayer warriors and faithful disciples, and so we're blessed to have the opportunity to, to host that broadcast. Before you feel too sorry for him, he he does record that program. That's and, right. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> and so we're thankful for that. Matter of fact, the producer of, of that program is here with us today, uh, Rick Robertson. We just appreciate Nathan. I, I just want to say this. I want to take a 
personal privilege. Isn't it awesome to be surrounded by great people that love the Lord? Yeah, it is. Yeah. People that have uh, made an impact in your own personal lives. Um, we we have that privilege of, of knowing these guys who happen to be, you know, either on the radio, on air, or behind the scenes. Um, I wouldn't call them celebrities, but, um, you know, important people. Uh, but they're important in our lives personally. And uh, But we can all think of people like that, that uh, God uses to shape us uh, to become more and more like Jesus. And ultimately, that's what missions is about, is... It really is. You know, we, we're becoming more like Jesus, but also helping others in the same way. Okay. The reason we have Pastor Joseph here today is because there's we've been talking about ministries, the crisis pregnancy centers, those that help. Uh, but something that I'd heard about and even Pastor Joseph had shared with us has become a reality. Isn't it awesome when mm -hmm. a dream, a burden, a vision... And those are all biblical terms. Every one Amen. of those are biblical terms become a reality. Pastor Joseph, would you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> tell us tell us your story from your perspective and uh, how it's working. Well, again, grateful for the opportunity to share about the work the Lord has called us to. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, pastoring for uh, uh, pretty close to about the last four, most of the last 46 years. And a number of those years have been serving in the Mississippi Delta. And uh, over the years, as my wife, Bertie, and I have served different congregations in the Mississippi Delta, saw the need for an additional pregnancy center ministry. There were um, There's one great ministry in Clarksdale, a great one in Cleveland. But the Mississippi Del Delta is a big, big area. And the largest city, Greenville, there was none whatsoever in that city or county. And uh, Greenwood, another of one of the larger cities, that county, LaFleur, there was none there as well. And one of the state universities is in that area of the Delta. And most of the rest of the universities have pregnancy clinics in their communities. So uh, we saw a need and we really were in touch and talking with people who also recognize the need. And our goal, we really had in mind we wanted to help somebody do it, you know. Uh, but <laughs> uh, at a certain point in time, we heard the Lord say, you do it. <laughs> And once we got clarity, you know, I guess sometimes I say I may have sounded like Moses' first cousin. I was thinking, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I could come up with plenty of excuses. Uh, Lord, I'm a pastor. I'm this, I'm that. But start, starting a pregnancy clinic wasn't something I, I guess, had really had in mind. But once we got clarity, that's what the Lord wanted us to do. We embarked upon the journey. And I would say, Brother Bert, it's been very much a learning journey because I'm doing things I never knew I would do. But it's been a great journey because God has been mightily with us all the way. And it was a little over about two and a half years ago when we started raising the monies for the mobile unit, which is a pregnancy clinic on wheels, which will allow us to serve in multiple communities rather than just one single community. And uh, by God miraculously raised the full 191000 So about uh, about two weeks ago, my wife, Bertie, and I, we flew up to Akron, and we drove it back 11 and a half hours now back to Mississippi. Now, that's Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio, that's right. Okay, Nathan, you've uh, seen me drive a vehicle about that size, <laughs> and uh, one of the biggest things we had was praying for them as they drove that vehicle back from Akron, Ohio to Mississippi, you know? So that was exciting. 
and we appreciated the prayers. And, you know, I guess when I think back on part of this, it's a little humorous to me because I was thinking to myself, that's a that's eleven and a half hours from Akron all the way to Mississippi, and I, I don't I don't think I really want to try to. I just will have gone through the training. I don't think I want to try to do that. I said, well, how much would it cost us to have somebody bring it down? They said four thousand dollars. I think I want to try to drive it myself. <laughs> hey, well, Nathan. I do want to ask. Yeah, um, go ahead. What is the what is the gas mileage on on that? <laughs> it's uh, it, they they tell me the gas mileage is right at seven miles to a gallon. So. <laughs> So we, it was a nice chunk of gas to get to Mississippi, but the Lord got us here. Praise and the Lord. So. We, we praise the Lord for that. Nathan, when I hear that, and I, I, I just have to say a dream, a burden becoming a reality, um, when it was your dream that God placed on you and a vision that God, you know, and you see it happen, and then God used you. Nathan, don't you think that puts a little extra, you know, skip uh, joy in our in our walk with the Lord. It has mine when that is taking place. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, and I did want to come back to this idea, Pastor Joseph. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's more to the story, but uh, I wanted to um, hear your thoughts about this particular part of it. Um, you were talking about gaining clarity from the Lord mm-hmm. uh, in in this calling. How, like specifically, maybe like practical steps. How would you advise someone that maybe has an idea or you could call it a dream? Maybe it's just an activity that they're a part of um, and they start receiving maybe a little bit of direction from the Lord. And and how does that become clear? How does how does that become a, a calling? Well, you know, I think it's very helpful for us as believers to, to recognize that. And I, I like to t- say it this way that. There are certain things that I'd call the building blocks of discipleship, basic areas of uh, spiritual disciplines that help us walk with the Lord. You know, just like every believer is called to be a diligent student of the Word of God. God speaks directly to us through His Word every day. And so when you open the Bible, that's your microphone from heaven, from the Lord, that you can hear. As well as developing a strong, a vibrant prayer life is so important because those two together help to make our spiritual ears keener and keener to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think it's helpful to know God talks to every believer every day, but I think often people don't know it's the Lord, and they may think it's just a passing thought. But we can hear more and more clearly as we walk with God, as we spend time diligently in the Word over a period of time, as we stay in prayer, the voice of the Holy Spirit becomes clearer for us through that means. Nathan, one of the things that really is happening these days is the Roe v. Wade being uh, reversed by the Supreme Court, and now it goes to the states. But Pastor Joseph, you really pointed out in something that I read, an article, that today because of the clinical going to the space, but then having the a, a male-by-male uh, U.S. mail delivered to your house that you can take an abortion pill, and over half of the abortions in the United States are by that way now, and that's not regulated by state lines, is it? No, and to be honest, you know, the, the, the landscape of the life issue has changed tremendously in so many ways. Of course, thank God for the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and that clearly is a great kingdom victory. Yet, tragically, you have people that say they love the Lord on both sides, some rejoicing and some mourning that. But, again, sadly, I think 
you have some people who don't understand a biblical perspective because if you have a biblical perspective on that, clearly you'd know it's a reason to rejoice. Yet at the same time, we see more and more those that promote abortion are moving towards the abortion pill. And of course, so again, probably between 50 and 60% of abortions today are through the use of a pill now. So, Nathan, when I heard that, I thought, but they still are going to see if they're pregnant or not, these young women, and they go to a clinic to find out. And when they go to the clinics that we are a part of, like Preborn and the this mobile pregnancy center, they not only hear the heartbeat of their baby and even see that child, they hear the gospel. And so we're not just talking about the life of the child that's inside the mother's womb, which is precious, but we're talking about the mother whose life is precious as well. You know, that's something I think many people are not aware of, that your average pregnancy clinic is a tremendous tool for the sharing of the gospel as well. And like, um, I like to share like one uh, pregnancy clinic in the Delta has been there for over 20 years, and they've seen at least 500 people get saved through that ministry. And one of our first clients, her story is just such a powerful one. Uh, this precious young lady had driven all the way to, from Mississippi, from the Mississippi Delta to Atlanta to try to get an abortion. She couldn't get it there, so she went on up to Charlotte, North Carolina. But uh, a national pro-life ministry called Love Life, the Lord sent them across her path. They persuaded her to keep her baby. They shared the gospel. She received Christ and came to know the Lord. And they contacted someone in Mississippi who contacted us. And so about three weeks ago, my wife, Barry, and I had the privilege of meeting this precious young lady and praying with her. And she's going to keep her baby, and her baby's due in the month of March. But praise God for the fact that the part of this ministry, a vital part of it is sharing the gospel, because rather than having a heartache for the rest of her life over the loss of her baby. Now she's saved, and by God's grace, we have the privilege of helping to walk with her as she gets gets on her feet, and her baby will be born soon, and she'll be, that baby a little will be a little bundle of joy, you know, as babies are. That's good news, isn't it, Nathan? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Pastor Joseph, you mentioned something earlier that I found interesting. Um, mm-hmm. as, as the Lord was speaking to you about uh, your role in in raising the funds and 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 really starting this uh, ministry of of the mobile pregnancy unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you you one of the things that came across your mind you said was that well Lord I, I'm a pastor, you know I, maybe maybe you were thinking about the time constraints and and other responsibilities you had, but is that a typical thought for pastors or even church leaders? Of, of why they're not involved in, 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 in any kind of life ministry. Um, obviously, that would it wouldn't make sense when we say, hey, you're supposed to share the gospel, and they would say, well, I'm a pastor. Well, that's mm-hmm. what pastors do is share the gospel, but why are, pastors not, why are more pastors not involved in, in the life issue? Well, you know, um, I wanna, I'm going to try to answer it from, from my perspective and what I've observed, but I think the life issue for many people, it's an area of obviously great controversy, and it's a huge battleground in our culture today for many different reasons. One is, um, again, 
the reality is sometimes it's a little bit easier for a pastor if he doesn't get into anything that has even a hint of controversy <laughs> connected to it. But the reality is God calls us to boldly speak truth, which actually becomes very controversial pretty quickly when we speak it as we should. Um, and so there, there is a great need. You know, Joshua chapter 1 is a wonderful chapter for every believer to read often because it reminds us that we have to follow Christ courageously and boldly. And um, I think this is a, it's a good thing for pastor to be reminded of, but really every believer in Exodus 1 is a wonderful story of two little midwives, Shipper and Pua, who Pharaoh told them, kill the baby boys when they're born. And they had it in their heart. They just knew this is wrong. And their perspective was, we're not going to do this because this is against God's will. And they refused to do it. And what wonderful role models Ship and Pew are not only for pastors, but for every believer in every context, because it is always going to take courage, courage to really follow Jesus accurately. And so there is a great need for us in our culture to challenge church leadership, but all of us to get much more involved with the life issue because the sad reality is, yes, Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and thank God for that. Yet in many states, it's still very much legal to slaughter innocent children. And, you know, abortion is a manifestation of what the devil thinks of children. You know, sometimes we need to clearly understand the devil hates grown folks and he hates children. And the reality is, you know, as adults, you know, we see children as beautiful and precious and cute. The devil can't stand children and he loves to abort them. So it's important for us to understand this is serious business. And it's one of those things where I believe absolutely every believer should diligently say, Lord, show me what you want me to do to help end the slaughter of children in our country. And I believe God has something for every believer to do to help. Thank you so much for that. I agree with you as pastors for many, many years. I I, I just, if you go by the word of God and you teach the word of God, you're going to speak to the issues of the day. That's right. Nathan, you've told it many times. It says you have to purposefully avoid it, not to do that, you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if you know, if a pastor um, takes his role as a teacher and preacher of God's Word seriously, then you're going to study God's Word. And as you study God's Word, um, all over every page is is how God is the author of life and our lives are um, uh, an act of worship as we live uh, for him. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a lot of avoidance of this issue, I would say, um, by, um, as Pastor Joseph said, people that are lacking some courage. And maybe that's really what the ultimate issue is about is, is, we have uh, we have fallen back. We have uh, been afraid. Uh, where God has called us into a fight, we've we've might maybe turned our, you know, turned our backs. You um, know, something too. I would just throw in too is what is very tragic. Along with that too is that you find too many pastors that actually will say, "Well, I'm against abortion, but I believe in a woman's right to choose." Well, that's a very unbiblical and an ungodly thing to say because basically it's like saying i want to keep the door open for the the freedom for you to murder your baby if you want to that's a clearly against the word of god yet sadly we live in a culture where sometimes 
so-called spiritual leaders will say that. And sadly, we actually have a a, a Senate race where we have one man that is um, he's, uh, supposed to be a pastor, um, yet he clearly supports the tragedy of abortion. And that's, that's an unbiblical and an ungodly reality. You can't support abortion and honor God with that. It is impossible. God's word speaks clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is definite. And now, because of modern technology of seeing that baby, hearing the heartbeat, mm-hmm. uh, no longer can they say, well, it's not a baby. It's not human life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is so important. And again, this is important. It is truth. Uh, I heard a sermon yesterday when the, when we're recording this. I heard it the day before. And it was about the grace of God and tying in truth and grace. You must stand on truth. God stands on truth. Therefore, his grace is propelled from truth Mm -hmm. because that's where we are and we must do that we must thy word is truth god's word is truth it is settled in heaven and so when we as if you're teaching a sunday school class a small group if you're a pastor and you're and you're listening to this you start with truth the word of god and then proceed there and that grace and mercy comes out of that truth pastor joseph that's right That's right. You know, a couple specific scriptures, Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Again, Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20 and of course, Exodus twenty thirteen, you shall not murder. We're cutting off God's children when we abort. And so, again, it's tragic to think so-called spiritual leaders will support abortion because that clearly goes against the word. God's word clearly opposes abortion no matter how you look at it. One more thing that I wanted to make sure we covered is those that will staff this uh, mobile pregnancy clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read the article. It's going to be three three people, right? Uh, all ladies that will be the actual staff. That um, would it would involve the sonographer, of course, the which would probably be a nurse, but at least a medical person that would run the sonograph machine. And uh, then there would be a position. It stands for it. We call it the mom, the mobile operations manager. And then there would be the person that would do the intake. Uh, intake interview for the clients as they come through as well and possibly a fourth lady as well so but they would be the uh, the staff and you know one thing I would just ask our listeners to pray for the ministry and, and pray pray for security as well because that's an, be an important issue and that's a whole very important part of it as well but yeah the staff will be entirely ladies that will be serving the Lord in that capacity so Nathan you know this gives opportunity for us to tell people who are listening that they can be involved in a crisis pregnancy center near them, and they will they can be trained to share the good news and the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's uh, Listen, that's people are wanting to hear the good news, and most of those people want to hear some good news at that time when they're in this difficult situation, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, missionaries, uh, even today, but definitely in the past, would— uh, go out and set up what they might call a mission outpost or a preaching 
outpost where they would go and share the gospel to people at a, you know, at a regular place and time. Um, what an awesome mission outpost is, is your local pregnancy crisis pregnancy center where God's people can go and minister to others who are in a, in the middle of a difficult place in their life where they are definitely more open to hearing God's word, hearing the truth of the gospel, receiving that grace that comes from that. Um, and, and God can use, it doesn't have to be a pastor, you know, it can be, any of us can, can be, uh, equipped and, and made ready to share the good news of Jesus with people that are in a, in a difficult position that are hurting in their lives, ready to receive some good news. We don't have very much time left, and I just feel like we should pray for God's protection and and His using this clinic for His glory. Nathan, would you lead us in this prayer? Be glad to. Father, we do thank you for uh, how you are working. We thank you that you are calling and bringing clarity of that call to uh, your your people uh, all over the globe. Uh, but specifically, we thank you for how you've spoken to uh, Pastor Joseph and his family and how you have used them in uh, not just raising the funds, but actually procuring uh, this mobile pregnancy clinic. Uh, what an awesome, beautiful picture of how you are at work uh, to use your people in that. And as they go forward, as they travel from place to place, as they set up in various communities, uh, Lord, we pray that your hand of protection would be upon them, those that would be working, uh, those that would be serving. And Lord, will you bless that to where your good news can go forth. People's lives can be changed and transformed. Children's lives would be saved uh, and that you would receive the glory even through uh, something amazing like this mobile pregnancy clinic. Thank you for Pastor Joseph. We pray for your blessings on him and his family in Jesus name. Pastor Joseph, before we go, is the fi- I know the money has been raised for the for the clinic itself, but on, you'll have ongoing uh, finances need financial needs as well, will you not? Right, we're in the process of raising the monies for the first year's budget, and uh, I'm going to just real briefly share the the website Greenwood Hope Center Greenwood Hope Center dot org is the website, and so if you'd like to learn more about the work in the ministry, and if you would. Both pray for the ministry, and if you'd consider uh, giving financially to support the work and mission, you can find out how to give online as a giving link on the website, greenwoodhopecenter.org. Nathan, it is so exciting to see God operate in so many areas when it comes to missions, and this is one of them. Yes, it is worth standing just to save the child's life. But it is a double blessing knowing that we're in part working with people that are going to share the good news of Jesus Christ during that time. That's good news, isn't it? It's good news, and it's good news to know that that hope, that message of hope and and good news is traveling. It's on wheels, and it's coming (laughs) to communities all around the Mississippi Delta. Amen. And that covers a fourth of the state, geographically, of the state of Mississippi. So it's a large area. Pastor Joseph, thank you for being with us today. Thank you all for the chance to be with you. And we'll probably have a follow-up interview uh, within a few months to see how it's going. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and we pray that you would be on mission for God. And when you get that burden, 
you might be willing to say, Lord, here am I, send me.